Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today, tonight, we are breaking down what turned out to be, you know, I think a pretty awesome Thursday night game. Uh, Broncos knocked off the Jets uh, 37-28. It was not, you know, it's not going to be used in, uh, you know, clinic to talk about how good football was played. We saw, you know, more than a few just boneheaded decisions on both sides of the ball, but ultimately it was a fun one, you know, had a lot of points being put up there. So I want to quickly go over some thoughts uh, from this game, potential fantasy football takeaways moving forward, and then I want to go through some injuries uh, for the week and then just what to expect going on to the weekend and potential uh, guys we should be looking at getting increased opportunities. So thank you as always for listening and let's get started. So, uh, yeah, on the Jets side of the ball, Sam Darnold, uh, you know, not his best game uh, passing the ball by any stretch of the imagination, 230 yards on 42 attempts, no touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, the story tonight, though, okay, maybe not story tonight, but story of the early going was this absurd 46-yard touchdown run that Donald had. I mean, he literally made two guys miss. I mean, okay, the tackling was a little bit suspect, and he looked like he was about ready to slide or fall about the entire time. But, you know, at the end of the day, 46-yard touchdown. He had the longest uh, rush on the Jets last season. He's going for two years in a row. Uh, you love to see that. Uh, can't believe he didn't break his collarbone after he got viciously uh slung the turf but came back in and then you know kind of made everyone forget about that run because he took a sack that naturally Twitter was all talking about him you know more or less looking like he had just uh, been sacked by a ghost because no one was there so another pretty erratic performance from him again you know I don't think anyone was starting him in fantasy really but uh, six carries 84 yards in a, in a score I don't think that's really going to be too uh, uh, you know too consistent down the road but you know maybe 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 on his next team after uh, coach Adam Gase is also gone Sammy Sammy D can make something happen. Uh, with the run game, I mean, just, you know, the usual stuff with uh, Frank Gore getting 13 carries, 30 yards, uh, not getting much going there. He continued to uh, not dominate snaps, but 35 snaps. Kalen Balaj had 23, and LaMichael Piran had 10. So really nothing going on here. I think the answer to if he should have anyone in his backfield is no. Even once Le'Veon Bell comes back, I mean, it's going to be tough. I bet Gore is going to continue to get this, uh, you know, 8 to 10 at least uh, rushes per game. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, if you have Le'Veon Bell and fantasy, and you're holding on to him. I mean, I don't think you'll be able to trade him for much at the moment. But again, just keep expectations in check for pretty much anyone involved in this offense. Uh, quickly with the receiving core, Chris Herndon, my, you know, just long lost fantasy football love, Chris Herndon. Only one catch on three targets, and it was just a rough night. He had one hit him directly in the chest. You know, I've been very upfront on this uh, pod about how, how badly I missed on that one. But if any of you out there were trying to, you know, show some faith and keep him on that roster, feel free to give him the boot. Uh, uh, certainly not helping his cause by being asked to pass block so much, but at this point, I mean, it's just hard to uh, h- hard to say too many good things about the on-field performance we've seen. Uh, also, something named Jeff Smith had seven catches for 81 yards on nine targets. He had some good speed, and uh, you know, he is someone that's been uh, with the Jets for a little bit now. But I wouldn't really expect him to kind of keep this spot once Prashad Perryman, Denzel Mims get back in the get, get back in the fold. I mean, I think Jeff is going to be the first one to go, so wouldn't worry about that at all for uh, waiver wires. Not that many probably were. Uh, big story here, though, is Jamison Crowder. Seven catches, 104 yards on 10 targets. He looked healthy. I mean, had a real nice 35-yard catch uh, down the field where he pretty much caught it over top a guy. And, you know, you don't see that much out of Crowder. Usually it's kind of the short stuff uh, and this and that. But, you know, hamstring injury. I was betting his under uh, just thinking he might not be out there playing a full allotment of snaps. But, you know, he ended up playing 57 snaps. Hogan was at 60. And uh, Jeff Smith was at 64. So Crowder was pretty much out there uh, just as much as the other guys. So, you know, we're going to be able to treat him as the truly 
only fantasy relevant New York Jets player, Jamison Crowder. I still want to get crazy, but you know, he, he low key has some upside. I mean, last year he was actually, I think it was fifth or sixth among all wide receivers in a weeks as a true uh, PPR wide receiver one. So, you know, he's going to be flirting with double digit targets almost every single week, particularly while these other guys remain up, uh, remain so banged up. I think we can approach Crowder cautiously as a, you know, upside wide receiver three. And if not kind of around uh, that, you know, uh, 27 to 30 range. So uh, Broncos side of the ball, uh, Brett Rippon. Wow. So uh, up and down game, uh, to say the least. Troy Aikman and company were kind of crowning him after a pretty solid uh, first three quarters for the most part. But, oh, my gosh, he had three of just the more brutal interceptions you're ever going to see. The first one in the first half, he uh, just didn't – he was trying to throw the ball away, but he didn't get it anywhere near close enough, and it got picked. And then the second half, had a pick six to up here to see where th- there's three defenders right around him. And then the very next drive, uh, two throws later, uh, throws another one where it just got undercut with a crosser. So, you know, credit to him for throwing one hell of a block on Melvin Gordon's uh, game-winning 43-yard uh, – game ceiling, I should say, a 43-yard touchdown run. I mean, you know, Rippon was out there trying to do his thing, and uh, the guy obviously um – is a good story and all that, but I mean, come on, I don't think uh, this is a situation that we're going to see too much uh, from in the future. So I uh, would like to see Drew Locke hopefully get healthy sooner rather than later. Uh, if there was one connection that Rippon had going, though, it was to Tim Patrick, six catches uh, on seven targets for 113 yards and a score. Patrick's been out there since, uh, you know, the second half of last season actually making some plays. I mean, I know Cortland Suns stole the show. I still think Judy and, uh, you know, KJ Hamler who had a hamstring injury. If they're healthy and they're out there, they're going to be in, you know, involved over Patrick, I think more weeks than not. But to this point, we've seen Rippon, uh, you know, it really showing more chemistry with Patrick than anyone. So if Rippon's going to be out there again in week five, I mean, it's, you know, a situation where uh, if you're super, uh, you know, hurting for someone, a bunch of injuries, uh, the bye weeks are hitting you, uh, could have worse people than Tim Patrick. 6-4, can make some plays downfield, uh, you know, not the worst streaming option. I, I wouldn't prioritize him. Don't be blowing the fab load on a Tim Patrick. But hey, you know, the, the guy's gone out there made some uh, good plays for the better part of the last kind of 12 months. Jerry Judy had a nice touchdown, uh, 48 yards, but, oh, man, it's tough to give him too much credit on it because the ball was so underthrown. It probably should have been picked. You know, they called it that he mossed the guy on the uh, broadcast. I thought that was absolutely wrong, but you know what? He got the ball. He got in there. Only three targets for him was disappointing to see, and that's kind of the issue I have with expecting Patrick to move forward uh, as, you know, the true number one because Judy's got to get more involved uh, moving forward. But you know what? Maybe he, maybe uh, we can see both of them continue to have high volume of targets because, unfortunately, uh, Noah Font suffered a knee injury, got carted off the field, absolutely sucks. And even once he gets back, I mean, someone that really relies on their ability to rack up uh, yards after the catch, got to think he's not going to be at 100% for a little bit. So you hate to see that uh, from the Broncos receiving room, just getting more and more and more uh, banged up here as we go. Uh, quickly, Melvin Gordon, yeah, had the awesome 43-yard touchdown run where he pretty much went up the middle, completely nothing there, but no one wrapped him up, bounced it to the outside, and was able to take it to the house. So uh, good job by Gordon there. He tried to hurdle someone like two drives before that and got freaking thrown on the ground. Uh, happened to Kalen Balazs last week too. I don't know how these guys keep trying to hurdle. Uh, you know, luckily it wasn't hurt and had that nice play, you know, big drop before that. So it was about to be a pretty disappointing performance from Gordon, but found a touchdown there. Had a goal line one earlier. Solid night evening for uh, Melvin Gordon. I would say moving forward, though, with him, you know, upside. 
Upside RB2 is asking a lot in this offense. You know, it's going to be more of a situation where he's going to be maybe a borderline top 20 guy. But to his credit, he uh, did dominate the snap shares in this game. I mean, Royce Freeman last week uh, was up at about 40%. And when Philip Lindsay's out there, and, you know, we'll see when he's back, it's going to be more of a 60-40 situation. But uh, tonight, at least, Melvin Gordon played 49 snaps. Royce Freeman, only 10. So as long as Lindsay's out, you know, we have two or three games where Gordon has been a true workhorse. Uh, and the one game he wasn't was more, I think, uh, just negative game script from them falling behind uh, pretty severely. So I think, uh, you know, as long as Lindsay is hanging out, we can be a little more lenient on a Gordon towards that top 15 range. Once Lindsay's back, that's when I'd be dropping him down a little bit. So that is pretty much going to wrap it up with this game. Uh, again, Broncos 37, Jets 28. I, again, I mean, I, I would not be lining up to play players from any of these offenses uh, moving forward. Melvin Gordon, uh, Jamison Crowder, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, and that I think is going to be the extent of our exposure. And again, some of those receivers are even a stretch. So uh, again, good stuff there. I'm happy we got to see some bad football, vintage Thursday night performance. But before we get on these injuries, quick shout out to the sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. If you like fantasy football, you need to be playing on Underdog Fantasy. I love it. No lineup setting, waiver wires, or bad traits to deal with. Team that built the app is top notch, and I love their customer support. Uh, look up Underdog Fantasy on your app store or go to underdogfantasy.com to play today. Make your first deposit. Pause this today and be sure to use my code PFF after you do. Let them know that I sent you. So uh, injuries. So everyone, very important. Have had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Want to you know just shout out uh, Mario Plana from PFF. You can go to PFF and find his article on the injuries and you know update them throughout the week because right now Thursday Thursday night I'm recording this by uh, Friday around five or six. Usually you get the full injury de- designations. Monday ones come in Saturday afternoon. And then obviously actives and actives uh, Sunday morning. So got to do some projecting right now, but at a minimum, I think we can try to get ahead of some of these problems on the waiver wire. So starting off with the Arizona Cardinals, uh, Christian Kirk groin injury. He who missed last week. He's come back with some limited practices. So it seemed like he'll be able to get out there. DeAndre Hopkins hasn't been practicing with an ankle. We saw this last week though. It's perceived as day to day, just more maintenance than anything. It seems like Nuke is going to be just fine with Kirk coming back. I think it's going to be tough to expect much from Andy Isabella because Keyshawn Johnson was playing over him last week. It's still an offense that is just dominated by Hopkins through the air. Uh, would not, you know, be going out of my way to play any of these complimentary receivers in season long leagues. Uh, with the Falcons, uh, this is Monday night. Uh, uh, so they got a little bit. Calvin Ridley did not start the week off with a practice uh, due to an ankle injury. Might be maintenance, but you know, Julio was uh, there at least in a limited fashion with a hamstring. Uh, Russell Gage limited with a concussion. So good to see Russell at least not being, you know, listed as a DMP there. And same thing with Julio. The really one is concerning, but again, it might just be maintenance. Uh, and, you know, we'll play it by ear a little bit there. But uh, if, you know, all these guys are healthy, you can have any of them in your lineup. I think we got to play Julio, like no matter what. And he is someone that we've seen play through the pain in the past and also gauge okay if one of these guys is out okay he'll get fed more targets but in week one he had 13 even with him in so a whole bunch of first read throws for gauge this season from ryan uh, i think he'll be just fine if he can get out there and you know, pass through the concussion protocol with the bills it looks like zach moss is going to return this week back-to-back limited practices that hurts singletary stock a little bit 
Also worth noting that John Brown with a calf injury uh, didn't practice start the week and then got a limited practice in uh, Thursday. His snaps were like split in half pretty much last week as he uh, suffered that in the game. Uh, but it seems like he's going to have a chance to go out there. I'd still be a little bit nervous about using him. Um, if he does end up missing the game, check out Gabriel Davis on DraftKings at only 3,200. Obviously, Cole Beasley also has some room to grow. So uh, Buffalo offense is humming right now. I want to make sure we have a grip on who's going to be out there. Uh, with the Browns, again, you know, if you've listened to pods this week, absolute potential blow-up spot here against the Cowboys defense that can't stop anyone. They have an offense that scores on anyone, and they love to do it as fast as possible. So great spot to target their opposition. Uh, Kareem Hunt not practicing first two days of the week uh, with a groin injury. That's, you know, concerning. If he's out, it's going to be the Nick Chubb show. It is considered, uh, you know, day-to-day, so maybe not too severe. But it's a situation where with Hunt, he's, he's uh, benefited so much from these positive game scripts over the last two weeks. And if it's going to be a game like I think we're kind of all thinking it is where the Cowboys are at a minimum going to be competitive and scoring a lot. I'm not so sure Hunt's going to get that same sort of, you know, near 50-50 split we've been seeing. I think uh, Chubb could be the guy we end up seeing taking over if it's a more neutral script. With the wide receivers, uh, Jarvis Landry has been practicing in full all week, uh, despite having, you know, the still the hip de- designation. Odell Beckham popped up on Thursday, limited practice with a back injury. Not good. Uh, you know, he's been banged up over the last two seasons, so he might try to play through it. No problem. I mean, I wouldn't say we expect him to be out, but either way, I think this points to Jarvis Landry maybe being the best, you know, pivot scenario in DraftKings right now. OBJ is the one that's kind of going a little bit higher price range. And, you know, Landry, I was looking into it. He's been playing, I believe it was on, on, um, on Mayfield's 92 dropbacks, Landry's been in on 80 of them, and Beckham's been on 83. So it's not like he's been limited this year. The targets have just gone to Beckham so far, and it's been a low-volume pass offense, so they just haven't had a chance uh, to get two guys involved. Again, I think they're going to be throwing a lot more in week uh, in week four. In week one, when they threw a lot more, was against the Ravens, obviously one of the better secondaries in the league, despite what Mahomes uh, can, can do to them. But uh, you know, now going against that Cowboys unit, could see a really big day from Jarvis Landry and company. Uh, with the Packers, Bad news for Alan Lazard, uh, core injury, underwent core muscle surgery. He's out indefinitely, you know, big game last week. And Devontae Adams, he was able to get in a limited session to start the week. He was a game time decision, so hopefully he gets out there. But, you know, with this hamstring injury, you never know. Setting the stage for Marquez, Valdez Scantling may be the number one wide receiver in Green Bay. And I would also add Robert Tanyan uh, receives a boost with this, uh, you know, potential injuries going on. Houston Texans uh, pour one out for Will Fuller limited on Thursday with a hamstring injury. We you know we knew he was banged up in week uh, two with this. Went out last week and seemed fine. Didn't start the week on the injury report, so it's definitely a concern. And hopefully it's not a game time decision. If you have uh, you know a start sit question that's pretty close with Will Fuller, I would probably advise sitting him this week. The you know reaggravation is just too strong. We have seen uh, Bill O'Brien use him as a decoy in the past when he's out there uh, with the Colts. Naeem Hines uh, shoulder injury. He got in a full practice and should be fine but just want to point out Jonathan Taylor's in a great spot this week uh, against Chicago Bears have allowed the third most yards before contact per rush in the entire league this year have not been a great rushing defense just haven't really uh, you know faced someone that's really uh, uh, driven it into him but you look last week I and mean, if you combine Todd Gurley and Brian Hill's rushing production that'd be one hell of an afternoon I think uh, you know Jonathan Taylor priced a little bit higher than kind of some of the values uh, could be a nice tournament play this week uh, Jaguars DJ Chark has had you know the chest and back injury but he's got 
gotten in back-to-back limited sessions. Hopefully, should be out there. Not a bad bounce-back spot for uh, you know Gardner Minshew. I know a lot of people are getting on the Bengals and Joe Burrow for good reason. Writing off Gardner after that, you know, primetime Thursday night debacle last week. But if he gets Chark back, I mean, this is still a guy who's thrown three-plus touchdowns in three of his last four games. Uh, he's going to carry uh, lower ownership than he would otherwise. Uh, with the Chargers, I'm out on Joshua Kelly uh, in this spot. One, just because they're going to be uh, touchdown underdogs. And two, Justin Jackson is seemingly going to be back with this uh, from his quad injury after practicing in full twice. Some people have said, oh, you know, Kelly won the job. He's just better. I mean, I don't know. We can't say that. Jackson's averaged 5.1 yards per carry during his time with the Chargers. I know yards per carry isn't, you know, the greatest stat in defined running back success. But all I'm trying to say is, you know, like a Gus Edwards with the Ravens, I mean, Justin Jackson just isn't this complete scrub that we should expect Kelly uh, to just keep the job and walk over if he is healthy enough. Uh, Mike Williams not practicing all week with the hamstring injury. Just, you know, how many targets can Keenan Allen get in one game? We're going to find out this Sunday. Uh, with the Raiders, both Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs are not practicing and not expecting to play. Uh, Edwards due to a foot, Ruggs due to a knee. Just a mess there. I mean, if you want to sign Nelson Aguilar and go through that experience, you know, God help you. But I think more, more than anything, it's just going to be the Darren Waller show and we'll see his running backs get a little bit more involved. Uh, hopefully Josh Jacobs' uh, train keeps on moving. Uh, with the Patriots, Damian Harris has a chance to come back from this finger injury. Meanwhile, Sonny Michelle's popping up with a quad and limited. Edelman's limited as usual with a knee. Edelman's fine. I would just note with this backfield, uh, keep an eye on James White if he's going to be uh, out there this Sunday. And, you know, if he is and Damian is back and Sony's there and then we have Cam taking goal line stuff and, of course, three touchdown wrecks coming back, I think we just need to stay away from all of these running backs at the moment unless, you know, you're taking DFS chances. If White's out, then, okay, Burkhead's a play. And if Harris is out, then, Okay, Sony has a little value, but even then, you know, I think Cam's going to be getting these goal line carries more often than not. Uh, with the Saints, Jared Cook, DMP, back-to-back to back days. Start the week with a groin injury, not looking good. Adam Trotman is their, uh, you know, uh, tight end that got out of Dayton. Looks pretty athletic out there. They've used him a little bit, and it would be a situation that I wouldn't mind throwing a few darts at on DraftKings if Cook is ultimately ruled out. Uh, Michael Thomas has gotten in limited practices uh, in both both days start the week due to this ankle injury. Seems like he could have a chance to get back there, but it's just going to be him and the Alvin Kamara show. And we know uh, Drew Brees, league low, average target death right now, has no problem feeding those guys all over the place. Uh, just about five more teams here, everyone. Eagles, uh, oh my gosh, just walking graveyard all over the place. Uh, D-Jack's hamstring, not practicing. J.J. Ortega, Whiteside. John Hightower, not practicing. Um, Alshon Jeffrey uh, went from a limited to a DMP on Thursday. Like, just a complete mess. I mean, you know, Greg Ward how many targets can you get, man? But uh, with Carson Wentz, you know, he's already not playing well. And then you add the usual problem that we've seen in the past of all these injuries. I just don't know how you can, you know, expect this to change uh, in this spot against the 49ers who, hey, they're banged up too. But as we saw last week, I think uh, they're, you know, just general great coaching staff can help them overcome that better than most teams. Uh, Miles Sanders is limited back-to-back practices with a glute injury. Doesn't seem super serious. Keep an eye on it. You know, obviously missed week one, uh, and they made that pretty clear. If he is out, you know, Boston Scott, Corey Clement, we kind of saw that split. I would not be doing this offense. Miles Sanders, uh, he's fine in this offense. I mean, him and Zach Erson get all the touches they can handle. But if you take him out and we really want to go down the Boston Scott road against 49ers, I will pass. Uh, with the Seahawks, so Carlos High with a shoulder injury and Car- Chris Carson with a leg injury have been limited throughout 
throughout the week. Uh, you know, it sounds like Carson's got a real chance of playing. If he doesn't, you know, keep this high shoulder injury in mind because this, you know, shoulder and rib injuries uh, with running backs, particularly kind of one-dimensional bruisers like Hyde, can be concerning with their touch workload. I think Travis Homer could maybe be the favorite to uh, outscore uh, Hyde if Carson is ultimately injured. I would not be going on my way at all uh, to play Hyde this week, uh, regardless of Carson's status. Uh, 49ers, Garoppolo, DMP back-to-back games, looking like the Nick Mullins show once again. Uh, Jarek McKinnon has been practicing in fall week, so that's good, as has George Kittle. So even though uh, you know Jimmy G and Raheem Mostert with a knee injury and maybe Debo Samuel are going to be be out for at least another week, we'll be good to see Kittle back there. I'm expecting a ton of targets for this guy. I mean, you know, they, they, they gave him an extra week. It sounds like he could have maybe played last week, but they had concerns about the turf uh, coming into this spot. I would not be shocked at all if he just tears up of Eagles defense that, you know, lost Malcolm Jenkins, didn't do a good job replacing him, has already, you know, been given up plenty of production to the tight end position. So love, love, love uh, going with Kittle. It's too bad he's not on the, on the main slate. They have a Sunday night game, but, you know, captain spot and showdown uh, slate perhaps. So uh, with the Buccaneers, Leonard Fournette not practicing all week with an ankle injury. That's concerning. But Rojo season, if Fournette is ultimately sidelined, and we could be looking at a 70% uh, snap share for Rojo if Fournette's out so keep an eye on this for sure uh chris goblins is expecting to miss two to four weeks with a moderate hamstring strain just sucks i mean this dude has been making so many plays uh, just whenever he's been out there with Brady this year, I know Evans has a you know had the has, had the Jordan Howard esque receiving lines, uh, making all the goal line touchdowns with Goblin looking plenty good as well. And Scotty Miller also hurt. They're just uh, really banged up right now on offense. Uh, hip groin, back to back DMP. So Justin Watson will get some more run, but I think honestly maybe Gronk and to a lesser extent OJ Howard uh, could be the beneficiaries. But don't be surprised to see uh, you know Mike Evans and Ronald Jones get all the touches they can handle. Uh, last one, Washington football team. Uh, Dontrell Emmons, and Steven Sims are banged up, but the one you everyone cares about is Terry McLaurin. Thigh injury limited on Thursday. Sounds like someone will be able to play through, but again, just keep an eye on it. McLaurin's the only one we want to play in this offense against the Ravens. I know it's the Ravens, and you know we saw what happened with Will Fuller two weeks ago in that goose egg, but in that game, Brandon Cooks almost had 100 yards, and then we just saw what the Chiefs did to him. So I know it, it's tough, and I, if it's a close and you have multiple top 20 fantasy receivers, uh, I get it to pick another guy over McLaurin, but you know don't be sitting him just because of this matchup. That's going to do it, everyone. Before we uh, get out of here, just one quick word from our uh, sponsor and friend. Uh, friends at Monkey Knife Fight, you know, a lot, I have a lot of people DM me and say, Ian, I want a, I want a PFF subscription. You got a code for me. Well, yes, I do, everyone. You can use code, uh, promo code PFF. You go to Monkey Knife Fight and you will, all you need to do is deposit $20. You will get to use that $20 to play their daily fantasy and prop games and win money. Maybe you can turn it into, you know, $1,000, $10,000. I don't know. Limitless possibilities, people. But with that $20, the one thing you are guarantee is a $40 PFF uh, subscription. So you can get a PFF Edge annual subscription, $40 value, four $20 values that, uh, on the Monkey Knife Fight that you can then use to try to win more money. So it sounds like a good deal to me. If you're going to sign for PFF, go through Monkey Knife Fight. That's going to do it, everyone. Thank you, as always, to list, for listening to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, I'm Ian Harditz, and you know, always coming with new episodes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, excited for another Sunday of NFL football. More and more to come. Uh, only we're in week four. It's wild, everyone. Absolutely wild. But many more to come. Thank you for listening, as always. Take care. Thank you.